Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Flowing Towards Success, with our guest, Josh. Thank you for being here today, Josh. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Matt. I'm Josh Dickerson. I grew up in Aurora, Colorado. I attended Colorado School of Mines. I'm passionate about using stormwater engineering and diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives make positive changes for the next generation of engineers in my community and beyond. I was the ACEC Colorado 2022 Young Professional of the Year, and I'm an executive board member of the National Society of Black Engineers Denver Professionals Chapter. I'm a proud father and husband. My daughter's name is Hazel. She's two years old. My wife's name is Cynthia, and she's a neurologist. She's a brain doctor. And both Hazel and Cynthia are a whole lot smarter and prettier than I am. Pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much for being here. I'm really looking forward to discussing the issues of stormwater and DEI as we hear your career story. So why did you choose this career? Yeah, really excited to be on this podcast. This is humbling for me. Listen to a few episodes and... A lot of other really prestigious people, so happy to be on here. I chose Stormwater Engineering for a pretty simple reason. Throughout my life, the safest place for me, the place where I felt the most comfortable, is being close to the water. When I was in college, when I had a hard time in a test or with my friends, I would go down to Clear Creek Park, right next to right next to the campus where I was, and that was a place where I could calm myself and have peace and recharge. And when I found out there was a career designing those sorts of places, I I was excited about it and wanted to sign up for that right away. That's why I became a stormwater engineer. What we do as stormwater engineers is we design infrastructure that mimics natural rain conveyance, treatment, and detention patterns to protect people and to protect the environment downstream. That sounds very interesting. And I live in a place that we don't get a lot of stormwater, but when we do get stormwater, it's a lot all at once and can cause a lot of problems for us. What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? Yeah, the biggest thing that I wish I knew about was the power of industry mentors. People like the people that come on your podcast, I think this is a great resource. Towards the end of college, I got a really great industry mentor. His name is Chad Seidel, and he's a leader in the drinking water industry. And he let me just meet with him about once a month and ask him questions, learn about the industry. He gave me a lot of really good advice in where to go to find a job, how do you build up skills, how do you make connections, 
those sorts of things. And so I wish I would have been able to find someone like that a little bit earlier on. I think there's a lot of tools out there that are available now that weren't available uh, when I was a student. I think one of the big things to look for when you're looking for an industry mentor is to look for somebody who's just generous, giving someone who's interested in helping make a better world, make the next generation. And so to find people like that, you can do things like volunteering. Uh, professional societies are a good place to find those kinds of people. And of course, LinkedIn is a great place to find those sorts of people. And so if you find somebody who has become the thing that you want to become, who's already where you want to be, you can just ask them for some advice, ask them to help you out. And I think that's a big thing that I wish I would have had earlier on. It helped me having a peer mentor, but it would have been really great to have found somebody like that earlier on in my college career. Or maybe an introverted and shy engineer, junior engineer, college student. Do you have any advice for how to do that opening request to try to get someone to offer you some mentorship? Yeah, certainly. I think somebody who's really shy, I'm pretty shy. You might say something like, hey, I'm really shy. This is hard for me to do, but I'm really, I'd really love to have a mentor, would you be interested in mentoring me? Just the simple, direct thing. And they might say no, but you don't have anything to lose because if you don't have a mentor already, then you can't lose them. So I think that's a good way. Just ask directly and maybe just be honest about where you're coming from. You could probably add some things of this is what I'm studying. This is what I'm interested in. This is why I select you. I think those things could probably help as well. Yeah, I think that's a great answer and very good advice. As you said, there's nothing to lose by making the request. The worst thing they can do is say no, and you can ask someone else, but you can never get to yes if you don't ask. So I think that was really good advice. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. In your career, could you recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a defining moment in my career for me. At my first job out of college, I was totally new to civil engineering. I'd studied environmental engineering, so I didn't have a background in a lot of the skills that maybe a civil engineering had, especially around construction. And so one of the first tasks that was given to me was a quantities estimate. And this was pretty new to me. I did about as good as I could on it. But I didn't do a very good job on it. And so my boss at the time, he wasn't happy with my work. In his mind, it wasn't very good. And so what he did is he marked up my estimate in red, which is pretty normal in engineering, and put a big red F at the top of it. Oh, wow. He then taped it to my cubicle while I was at lunch so that when I came back from lunch, not only could I see it, all my coworkers could see it. That crushed me. I felt inferior and it made it so that it was really hard for me to connect with my coworkers. They were talking about it like, oh, he did a bad job. What are you can do about it. You got to do better, that kind of thing. But most of all, it made me lose trust in myself. So it was really effective in getting me to be afraid of making a mistake. It was also effective in like really just giving me anxiety about work. And so mm -hmm. like from that point forward in that first job, my performance was not good. It sank. I was trying really hard. I was working extra hours, but it just, that just did not help that kind of shaming. Fast forward a few years, I'm at another company 
and a similar situation happens where I make a big mistake. I know it's a big mistake. And I start just recalling that moment with the big red F. And I eventually tell my boss, hey, I made a mistake. My new boss, Ryan, my current boss. And instead of shaming me, making a big deal about it, he says, I understand that is a big mistake. Let's figure out how to fix this together so that doesn't happen. And that kind of response, that kind of race coming alongside me instead of trying to punish me, just totally changed everything for the way I come to work, the way I am as an engineer. And it built a really special bond between Ryan and I, where I believe any challenge we face, and we faced a lot of other challenges after that, we can overcome anything because I know I can trust him. And so I make it a really high priority to avoid shame and try and have that kind of like growth mindset of if we, if I face a challenge, if somebody makes a mistake, try and figure it out together and overcome it together and learn from that instead of just shutting down and trying to shame people. Yeah. I cringed when you told that part of the shaming. And I'm really glad to hear that you have a boss like Ryan now um, that takes that different approach. And I think a growth mindset is really important, both in terms of being a manager, but also as being an employee that we're always striving to do better and mistakes are going to happen, but to learn from them and to accept them, I think is how we become better. And really there's no place for shaming. So I'm sorry that you had that sort of experience. My final question is what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? You've probably heard this before. Hopefully I'm not repeating somebody else. I know you've interviewed a lot of people, but something that I've been learning and relearning, especially recently, is that 90% of problems happen because of bad communication and 90% of problems can be solved with good communication. And so I have two examples of how that's worked out in engineering and in my regular life. One example that I always like to tell about is growing up, I played soccer. That was my favorite thing in the world to do. And I was a defender. My position was sweeper, the last person back. And I was slow. So if anybody got behind me, I couldn't catch up. It was over. But if they're in front of me, I did a really good job. Right. And so my coach knew this. I knew this. And so I would try and back up behind players so they couldn't get behind me. And my coach realized this. And so he'd tell me to stay high. Right. He'd say, stay high. And that meant to back up, to stay behind people so that they couldn't get behind you. But I thought he meant by stay high, I thought he meant move up. And so he'd say, stay high. And I'd do the exact opposite thing. And it caused a lot of problems. He'd be like, I thought I said to stay high. I said I was staying high. And so we'd argue about it. I actually didn't find out what that term meant until four years after I graduated college, until it was way too late. So I wish I would have like asked him, what does that actually mean? When we had that friction, I wish I would have asked him about that. I wish he would have explained it a little bit better. So there's one example, but it happens in engineering a whole lot too. Pretty recently, I was working on a hydrologic model and I worked on it for a year. It was a solid model. I was proud of it. It was really good to predict flow at this one location. Towards the end of our project, it was getting peer reviewed by someone from another firm. Not a big deal, happens all the time. 
And so the person who was reviewing it, we didn't have a great line of communication, but I said, hey, here's what I did. Check it against this old report. That's basically what I said. I said, check it against this old report. And so she came back and she said, your model is totally wrong. Like you did this terribly. This is really bad. This isn't right. Here's the right answer. This is the wrong answer. It turned out that this old report, there were two different versions of it. And in each version, there were three different scenarios. And so she chose a different scenario than what I was basing my modeling on, just based on some assumptions. So when I talked about this with her afterwards and said, hey, did you check it against this? I think this is the problem. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, you were right all along. We should have talked about this before. And so we were able to resolve that problem by communicating on the back end. I wish we would have been able to talk about that sort of thing up front. And I would have given her the direction of, hey, check, not just check this old report, check this version of the old report, this scenario, and then you'll find out that I did it right or wrong, check it against that. But instead, we had to go through this whole ordeal to communicate, do all that communication on the back end. And like I said before, 90% of problems can be solved with good communication. For sure. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. What I loved about the story was that together you were able to come to that realization of where the miscommunication broke down and then move forward on, on the project. So that, that's a great story and great piece of advice. Is there anything else that you want to add for imparting advice to someone starting their career? No, thanks. No, no other advice. I do have a question for you. Okay. I'm curious because you're an expert in communication with engineers. Yeah. I'm curious with the students that you have, with the engineers you encounter, what do you find are the communication skills that make engineers uncomfortable? I'm just curious what, what are the skills that engineers are not good at when it comes to communication? So... I find that there is always a subset of students who come to my class that have a deep fear of public speaking. And so mm. that's one of the things that we go over in the class and making presentations. And sometimes that has been because they've had a bad experience. Mm. Um, go back to the story you told earlier, maybe that there's been some shaming of them after mm. um, doing a presentation. Sometimes. It's just they're, they've always just had to do equations and stuff and being in front of an audience is something new to them. So I think there's a variety of some of the reasons for them kind of fearing giving a speech. And I don't know in your role how client facing you are, but I think most engineers at some point in their careers are client facing and making a presentation is really important. And I always, impart this piece of advice. I'll share this piece of advice that I shared with them from early on when I was in college, I actually wanted to be a TV reporter. And one of the things I learned at the TV station was if you're doing a live shot, the most important thing to know is the first thing you want to say, and then the last thing and how you're going to end it. And what happens in between is going to happen. So don't get hung up on trying to have it be pitch perfect. And with this script that you have in your head, but having a really strong introduction and a really strong conclusion are the keys to success. That makes sense. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. 
And thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Matt. What an honor. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.